everybody can you believe that we already have had 10 episodes of the almost there podcast i can't even believe it myself i mean it's so crazy to think about like just the people that i've sat down with and just how much fun this has already been i've just like been reflecting a lot this week on the process of like starting a podcast and like where I was at my in my life like when I started this I was like just getting ready to move to Portland and I think I had only recorded maybe one or two episodes and then I like moved from LA and was like all of a sudden out here and have been doing it here since and it's been this like really nice constant for me that's just kind of helped to keep me grounded in a way like outside of just like the stress of moving and like settling in somewhere new like this is almost like created a routine for me because I have to like sit down and be with my thoughts or be with people if I'm interviewing you know for like an hour to two hours and just like be you know like not on social media like not distracted by the outside world just like genuinely focused on the moment and I've just loved that and I think lately too like I've really been trying to find out like how I can live in the moment more and like whether you know like I love taking photos and I've tried to cut down honestly on the amount of photos I've taken it's so hard because I just love having a camera roll full of them um but I'm like, okay, like maybe you don't need to document this for your story. And like, I feel like we all have this weird internal dilemma of like, okay, how much to post on social media? Like, what do I take for myself? Like, some of these photos are so fun, like I want people to see them. But then it's like, but why? You know, like, do people actually care? And I mean, this kind of goes back to the social media episode that I did, but I just feel like so many people are in stages of their life right now processing like we've just been in this like extremely oversaturated like space with like online and just like being influenced by other people's lives and like just seeing everything on display all the time and it's just super crazy to think about that and so I've just been thinking about too like how can I be living in the moment and maybe not necessarily like on my phone and looking and like involved in other people's lives but just like being here in the present and it's definitely still like a work in progress but I've been really proud of myself um but yeah I mean this is kind of like I said like a tangent back to an episode I did you know, I think it was two episodes ago, it was the Kravis in social media. If you guys haven't listened to it, you should go listen to it, because that was really good. And I know there's, like, a lot of other people right now on the internet talking about that topic, and so if you guys are interested in doing a deeper dive, I know that Emma Chamberlain did an episode on that. I know that um, the What We Said podcast did an episode on that. Um, I'm trying to think of other ones, but yeah those are like the two main ones that I've listened to so if you're looking to get like more into that space with like people who have you know kind of a similar vibe of podcast to me who are obviously famous (laughs) um those are great ones but today 
we're not really going to be talking about social media. We're just kind of going to have a chat, you know. I think there's a lot going on in the world um, as a whole, going on in America, happening in, happening in my own life and in other people around me. And I think it's okay to talk about all of that in one episode. Like, I think that... I definitely want to acknowledge the overturning of the Roe versus Wade case and um and kind of the like trigger that's happened from that and what's kind of been blowing up online. Um and it's something that's been extremely difficult to process. Like honestly the, the I mean the whole conversation you know, since since this information leaked that this was potentially going to happen, I've just been thinking about, like, I am at childbearing age, which is kind of crazy to think about, like, at any given day, like, not not actually, but, like, you know, like, I could have a baby. Like, some, like that could happen to me. And... It's crazy to think that luckily I live in a state that's not currently going to be affected affected by this by the by the ban but you know obviously affected in the sense of like advocacy and um you know like protesting I mean like I'm seeing it and you know like directly involved in that here too but I think it's just crazy because I've been thinking about like in my personal life and the lives of others just like what it means to get pregnant and what the aftermath of that would of what that would look like and like if down the line like I didn't have a choice of something like that like if my career like I'm someone who obviously would love to have a family and I absolutely love kids and I'm also in a relationship and in a serious relationship and I know like later on too like you know as as things progress over time I think like yeah obviously like I said we'll want to have a family and we'll want to have kids but also right now, I think the more important thing to me is like focusing on my career at this point of life. Like right now, I'm not ready to have a family and to have kids. And so the fact that that decision could almost be made for me is crazy. Like just to think about like, you know, like what if I didn't live here? Like, what if I lived in one of these states that it went into effect today? Or like, what if I was pregnant and excited and ready to have a baby and something went wrong and now, like, my health is at risk or the baby isn't going to survive, you know, but I'm still forced to have it. Like, there are just so many, like, cases that are just so different from one another. And I think the thing about this is it's is it's so difficult because across the board, people are just so polarized and forget that, like, no one here is like, yay, abortion is so fun. Like, this is, like, the greatest thing, you know. Like, this is, you know, I 
like, oh, whoops, like, I had unprotected sex, like, looks like, you know, I'm not going to be carrying this baby. Like, no, like, that is not by any means what anyone is promoting when they say, like, you know, her body, her choice. Like, I think what it's saying is, like, we as women have the beautiful opportunity to have a child and to raise a child. But if an action done by a man that, you know, we hopefully have consensually participated in, and if non-consensual, obviously that's a whole nother can of worms that's tied to this topic. But, like, hopefully, like, one day, like, that's going to be a really exciting thing that we're looking forward to. And, like, if you're not ready, like, right now for that, it's it's just, like, this, I don't know, like, it's just, like, this thing that's, like, our entire livelihoods are on the line. And we have this amazing gift of, like, being able to bear a child. And it's truly a gift. And you want to be able to support and provide for that child. And if you can't support and provide for that child... You want to be able to have the options, whatever that looks like for you. If that means someone else in your family is raising that baby or it's given up for adoption or foster care or you have to have an abortion because you like financially cannot bring a child into this world. And I was thinking about this myself, like if I got pregnant today like, I know that my family would be there to support me, one, like, spiritually, financially, and, like, just emotionally. Like, we have a great connection, and I know that they would be there for me and like, a heartbeat if I had decided, you know, okay, like, I'm ready, like, I want to take on this responsibility. But if it were just me... Even in the job that I have now, like, I do not by any means have financial capability to be raising a child. I think emotionally, I would be potentially ready for it. But I think that, like, just for the place of life that I'm at, like, I, like, like, that would be an entire world change, for me to raise a child and I like couldn't like right now I'm saying like if today I got pregnant I literally could not afford to have a child and I am in a stable job I I have a great wage I have a ton of benefits I like don't have any ridiculous debt I don't have any like outlying medical conditions like and that still would be a huge life change for me and something that I wouldn't you know, fully be able to do right now to give a child like a completely stable life. And I think that's what a lot of people are saying. And I'm saying like, I am in a privileged position. And I've been trying to put myself in the role of like, like a woman of color, like, in the heart of a city, who already is going through so many struggles and, and, you know, is maybe putting herself through school and already has a couple of kids and is a single mom and the father left them and like she just cannot afford to bring on someone else or like like you know there are just so many different instances that exist out there in the world 
that it's so hard to just make a blanket statement or a blanket ban across, you know, the entire nation and give it to the states to say, hey, like, do what you will to decide, like, like medically, like here, we're going to give it to the politicians to make a medical decision. And it's just so difficult. I think it's it's just so difficult to not only for these issues as I'm wrestling and hurting for so many of these people going going through that. But another thing that I'm going to bring up that's actually quite taboo in all of this is that I'm a Christian. And the fact that this issue has basically been like, okay, well, one side are the people who are quote-unquote pro-life conservative. And then the other side is quote-unquote pro-choice and liberal. And for some reason, there's no middle ground, as it always is in America. And there is a middle ground. As you talk to many, 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 many people, they do not want extremely one way or extremely the other way, necessarily. Like, I think a lot of people are in this middle ground, as there are many issues going on in the world. But I think being a liberal Christian and not only like taking away the label of liberal, but just like being a Christian, knowing that my value and my purpose on this earth is to love others and love God above all else. Like the way that people are treating those who support abortions or or maybe not necessarily like support abortions as a whole but like support like the idea that this is the woman's life and livelihood and they should be able to have a say in this like the fact that so many people within the Christian community are like like pointing fingers and telling these people, oh, you want to murder babies or, oh, like you like and or like you, you know, like this doesn't align with God or, you know, like you need to give your baby up for fostering or adoption. Like you need to have the baby like you're going to be taking an innocent life and so many people are so fueled and angry and rude and disrespectful and so far away from who Jesus is. It is literally one of the most disheartening things I've experienced in my entire life. And as a woman who believes in God and who believes in Jesus and just like, just love above all else like what is going on like and I'm speaking to the Christians here right now like what is going on like wake up like why why are we having such a hard time remembering who God is like why are why are Christians resorting back to being just like the Pharisees just like the people who were doing exactly what Jesus was trying to prove wrong. Like, 
Do we not see that we are literally repeating history, that we are literally harming God's people, whether whether they believe or have met God and Jesus or not? They are still children of God and they are still loved and created by God just as equally as you and I are. And just because you believe in God does not make you any better of a person than someone who believes in abortion. And I believe in God and I believe in the woman's right to choose. And so what does that make me? Like, what are you telling me now? Like, what are you a man or whoever telling me as a person when you don't know me what to what to believe and that's the one thing like about religious freedom and about our country that's like so amazing and so difficult at the same time is there's so many different opinions that exist out there it's like this unlimited just like frenzy to just like be at each other's necks all the time and I think that this issue of abortion is something that has just triggered so much hate and so many people on both sides and I think we all just need to step back and reflect on at the core how are we treating other human beings like Like, if you step back and look at it, take away your charged opinion, look at the person, me, you guys all know me if you're listening to this, let's say I am, like I said, gave the example earlier, I'm tasked with, hey, I'm pregnant, I'm not sure what I'm going to do about it. How are you going to approach me and help me figure out what I'm going to do in this situation? How are you going to be a friend? How are you going to be a family member? How are you going to be a fellow sister or brother in Christ supporting me? How are you going to be someone who maybe doesn't necessarily have the same belief system as me, but be like, hey, I'm here to offer you support. I'm I'm here to offer you rides or like a place to rest your head. Like while you figure out what's the right move for you in this stage of life. And I think that's what we're all forgetting is this isn't just a statistic. These are real people. And so think about it. Are you going to be screaming and yelling whether no matter which side of the equation that you're on at this woman who is facing this issue? No, you're not. Because that's not what love is. And if you truly have a relationship with someone, then you're going to be approaching them how you would approach them and your friendship or whatever your relationship capacity looks like in a caring, concerned, and loving matter because that is one of the biggest decisions and life changes, if not the biggest, and I will say the biggest, that a woman has to go through. And so think about, I just urge you, think about your responses to these things Think about the way that we are speaking about this online comes across on both sides. Like, we need to work on not being so hateful and aggressive to one another. And I'm speaking to everyone here because 
I am someone who just feels emotions so heavily and probably a lot more heavy than a lot of other people. But it's just so, just so disheartening to see just how much hate exists in our nation right now. And I think this issue more than ever is something where we need to come around each other and be supportive and loving and being like, I'm here for you. How can I help you? How can I understand you? Like, how can I support you? Like, what are the things that we can do for these women right now who are in the process of having babies or these women right now who just had children? We look at the baby formula shortage. We look at the cost of you know, like preschool or care, or if you need to go and you need to take a maternity leave, you know, if you need to take on a second job, like if you're in school, like, and you need to, and you're having a baby, or if you have a baby and you need someone to watch over that baby while you're in classes, like if you feel called to adopt a child, if you feel called to foster a child, If you feel like there's actually a lot of shit that happens in the foster care system, I need to go be an advocate for those kids. That's what my mother is doing right now. She has seen so much horror in this world. She said, I need to step up and I need to be a part of that and be the change that I want to see in the world. Like, we need to be those people. And I'm so thankful that I have figures like that who actually do what they say that they believe in. And so I urge you is do what you say you believe in. Support the causes, whatever it be, but support it with love and look at the root of why you're doing it. Are you doing it because you just want a reason to hate someone who believes something different than you? Or are you doing it because you want to support and love the people and the programs who are trying to make a change for the cause that you believe in? And so I'm just going to end on this topic specifically with a Facebook post that I read today. This is just some food for thought, and this is related to the Christians more specifically, but still anyone who wants to hear this perspective. This man's name is Chad Thibodeau. He said, I wish I was still a pastor. A headline on one of my Facebook friends' posts yesterday was, Today's Supreme Court decision was a major win for God. A win for God? I immediately thought, does he think our God is so feeble that he needs a panel of nine men and women to affirm him and bestow favor on him? Regardless of where you stand on the issue of abortion, yesterday's decision has proven to be a terrible day for God and his church. Why? Because so many of the people that make up his church are deciding to act anything but Christ-like. Scripture says, they will know you are my disciples by your love. By your love. Not your memes, not your posturing, not your gloating, not your politics, but by your love. On the day the Supreme Court overturned Roe v. Wade, so many in the church began waving victory flags for Jesus, while the enemy was using your actions to turn more and more people off to God. This wasn't a win for the church. In fact, I believe history will show that the decision, this decision, was a tipping point for the downfall of the church attendance and effectiveness. No one on the opposite side of the decision felt the love yesterday, compassion, and ministry of Jesus yesterday. No one. Let me be blunt. 
If you are a Christian who believes in a God who will condemn people to hell for not believing in him, and you're choosing to spew hate and vile towards people you disagree with, then you, my friend, have more blood on your hands than any person who chooses to get an abortion. It's time for the separation of church and hate. The church is the richest organization in the world. We have more money than Apple, Jeff Bezos, and Elon Musk. If we really cared about babies, we could do something about it. I'm hoping when I attend church on Sunday, there's a line around the corner for the church to volunteer to adopt and foster. That's what you do when you really care about babies. I hope there's a special offering taken on Sunday to raise money for diapers, formulas, babysitting, and therapy, because that's what you do when you really care about babies. I hope every church that offers preschool will now do so at no charge, because that's what you do when you really care about babies. Where is the love and compassion for women? Where is the Christ-like behavior? Where is the empathetic understanding that this decision, even if you agree with it, has placed real fear in the hearts of so many? Church, remember why you exist. It's not so you can consistently get your way politically. It's so you can introduce people to a God who loves and cares for them. It's time to confuse people on where you stand politically and give them the unconditional grace that God gave to you. You only have one life. You might as well make it count. And again, this was written by Chad Theobadeau. And um, my mom actually sent me that. And I just, when I read it, I felt so much lighter. Because I was like, this is the first time that I've seen a perspective that I really resonate with. This isn't someone waving any political flag. This is someone making a statement of, hey, no one's been loving towards one another. And we as Christians have a duty to show love above all else. And we are not doing that. And we need to do that if that's what we really say that we believe in. And I just thought that it was so well written and... You know, I urge you to, I shared it on my Facebook. If you guys follow me, it's Gabriella LeBeau. You know, I shared it there specifically because um, I felt like it would reach a wider audience who maybe is a bit more polarized on this issue. I think Facebook is definitely a place where I connect more with like adults in my life. And uh, I think that my generation, you know, there's just there's just different things on Instagram and Facebook and so anyways if you're interested in reading that that's there um I'm gonna take a quick break and get some water and calm down because I think I honestly have not processed my thoughts and just kind of like verbally threw that out there (laughs) um and then we'll get into the rest of today's episode I'm back, got some water, got a good little bathroom break, um, but wanted to give everyone a fun life update. A lot of stuff has been happening in my life lately. I feel like lots of small moments, but ones that I've been really excited about. Um, I have been dying to get a bike. 
I had the most beautiful lavender cruiser back in California that I got for Christmas a few years ago. Um, but when I moved up to Oregon, I just couldn't fit it. In, well, one, it doesn't fit in my car, period, because I have a small car. But two, like, I had all of my shit in my car already. <laughs> I was moving, and I was like, okay, well, I can't add a bike to this, and I didn't have a bike rack. So left it at home. And then since I've been up here, um, Anthony, my boyfriend, lives like two hours away from me. And every time I go see him, he always wants to go on a bike ride. And he's like, he's like, like a ridiculous biker. Like he has like one of those bikes with like the crazy handlebars where you're like lean forward. He even has like the shorts with like the pads in it. Like, and he goes for like long bike rides, like almost every day. And it's honestly super impressive. And I think that it's like such a fun hobby of his. And he's been like dying to get me to go with him. And we've been saying forever, like, okay, we need to find you a bike, Gabby. And so I was like, all right. It was like, I love you, but I'm no means about to become like a pro biker. Like, I'm more than happy to do like fun little like trail rides or like cruises around the neighborhood. But, you know, I'm not going to be going on like some really intense bike rides everywhere. And uh, so I started looking and I found one on Facebook Marketplace and he got it for me. So we went, picked it up, did a little test ride. You know, it's nothing crazy, nothing fancy, but that's, it's like exactly what I wanted and what I needed. Um, But we just had the most adorable bike ride this weekend when he was visiting me. We just like rode around my neighborhood. And if you guys haven't seen photos on my story of my neighborhood, I live in this really adorable part of town um, and it's like all like beautiful old homes that have just like pristine yards. They're just like these like a lot of like really huge like mansions and like houses like you would just see out of like fairy tales or like an early 2000s movie like just like the cutest neighborhood ever and I'm so lucky to live here. Um, but we just went on a really fun bike ride, like, around the area, and, like, everyone was just out walking, and it was just so wholesome, and then tonight, right before I recorded this, I was just, like, chilling, like, I just made dinner, and then I was like, oh my god, I have a bike now, and so did my dishes really quickly, and then, like, hopped on the bike and just rode around the neighborhood again, and it's just been so much fun. I'm really looking forward to just, like, summers just like having like low-key like evenings where the weather is really nice and yeah just enjoying some like solid alone time with like just the breeze in my hair and then like all the cute little biking dates that I'll be doing with ants so yes that's very fun update um another fun update is for this weekend Uh, Because it's the holiday weekend, July 4th, we're going to um, a Mariners game with some of my cousins um, this Friday. And it's like the firework night, which will be so fun. I've never been to a Mariners game. That's the the MLB baseball team here. So that's going to be super exciting. And then we'll spend a few days, I think, in Seattle or just like around the area. Um, I'm trying to save money high key right now, so I'm not trying to do a lot, but I'm like, we should go like to the beach and like 
just try to do a lot of like those types of things. Plus, we're going to Tahoe in two weeks, and so we're both trying to like save up a little bit for that so we can splurge when we're back in California. But yes, that's gonna be fun. Um, oh my gosh, what else? I've started yoga recently. Um, I've done three classes now, and it's been so much fun. I have only done, I think, two or three yoga classes before this in my life, like with my mom or like with a friend and stuff, but never really got super deep into the whole yoga thing. Um, But just like lately, I've been trying to find more like restful moments and like just trying to be more like mindful of like what my body needs. And I've been working out like pretty intensely, I would say. And, like, just, like, eating more and then, like, working and, like, sitting for so long, like, during the day. I think it's just really good to, like, stretch your body and just, like, have a rest day in that sense. Like, I am not working out, like, all day, every day on the weekends by any means. Like, I feel like weekend workouts are usually, like, more casual or just, like, you know, doing a little hike and things like that. I'm not necessarily like in the gym hitting like weights and like the stairs, you know. Um, But I think the yoga has been a really nice practice to add into like the weekdays and is just giving me like a really nice sense of like a reset. So I'm loving that. I'll keep you guys updated on the yoga journey. Um, Oh my god, I completely forgot. I went to a Shawn Mendes concert um, on Monday night, which was so random. So what happened was my cousin Leanne, who's like 41, maybe she lives on the coast in Tillamook, which yes, Tillamook is where the cheese, like the Tillamook cheese is really fun little town. We all just went to the cheese factory like a week ago. Anyways, my cousin Leanne, like texted me like right before I was moving here like literally when I was still in L- in LA and was like oh my god there's a Shawn Mendes concert that's happening in June we have to go together he's like one of my favorite artists like it'll be so fun to do when you move here and so we planned it ages ago and I was like oh my god yes cool so we like had the tickets so she texts me on literally on Monday at lunch um she texts me like I've been sick, like, I've been getting, like, like, puking, like, literally all night and all morning, and there's just no way I'm gonna be able to make it into Portland, and, like, I have to get back early, like, she was supposed to leave at 6 a.m. the next day, um, like, to get back and just do stuff in, in Tillamook, and it's, like, an hour and, I don't know, 10, 15 minute drive, so it's, like, and it's, like, a windy road, too, and I was, like, oh my gosh, like, just imagining, her stomach churning all the way. And I was like, yes, please do not do that to yourself. Like, obviously I was dying to have her come, but I just like felt so bad if she was feeling sick. And like, this is the cousin we're going to the baseball game with on Friday. So I was like, okay, like I want, like maybe it's best if you like rest. And then we have the game on Friday, like with your kids and like Jeff, her husband, and so, yeah, like, that's what she ended up deciding. Um, but she was like, well, I don't want the tickets to go to waste. So, like, you should just bring Anthony with you because he was in town that weekend. And so it was funny. So, like, I hung up the phone. I was talking to her on the phone for a little bit. 
And the night before, like right after the bike ride, Anthony and I had been sitting by the fire, like in my backyard. And we were talking and we were like joking about the Shawn Mendes concert. Cause I was like, I only know like a few of his songs. And so he was like, we should listen. So we put on the new Shawn Mendes album and we we're like, okay, this guy's like pretty slow, pretty vibey. And it was just funny, like a full circle moment because he like didn't really know any of his songs and he ended up coming to the concert with me and little did we know we would know most of the songs that he sang because he's like a pop artist you know so you hear a lot of it just kind of subconsciously like in stores or on the radio or whatever and he ended up being a great performer and his opener I think his name was Dermot or Dermot Kennedy was amazing he had like such a raspy voice but the concert ended up being so much fun. I was really excited that we were we were able to go, but I was still so sad that my cousin Leanne couldn't go. But I'm excited I'll see her this weekend. Um I feel like I've had a lot of other like little life updates. Like one, I recently have been on a smoothie kick and it's probably just because of the warm weather. But I go through these like funny phases. Because I used to work in an acai shop, so I know how to make bomb AF smoothies um, with all the recipes that I know from the smoothie shop or from the acai shop before. And so I've been like making smoothies literally every day. I've been looking forward to it so much. Like I'll get home either from the gym or like straight from work before I go to the gym and just like blend up. I'll give you guys a little recipe now. Like, get your pens ready. Um, I've been doing those little pataya smoothie packets, the like hot pink dragon fruit ones. Um, so you cut that in half. I do, you can do a half or a whole banana, um, a couple pieces of frozen mango, couple pieces of frozen peach, some lemonade, coconut milk, which seriously makes all the difference. It's like so smooth and it's just this perfect tropical texture and then I add in a bit of kale and then a couple of like fresh strawberries. So the key is frozen fruit because it keeps it like a perfect consistency. So you have your frozen smoothie pack, you got your frozen mangoes, frozen peaches, and then I'll do fresh strawberries and a fresh banana and then add a little bit of ice, blend it all up with the coconut milk and the lemonade and it is oh so good, so good. So I've been making that literally every day. Um, and just coconut milk in general, I feel like since I've been putting it in my smoothies, I have like other, like more coconut milk left over in my fridge. And so like last week I made like salmon with white rice and I was like, oh my God, I should like cook the white rice in the coconut milk. Like they do at all those Asian restaurants. And I was like, this is so good. And so I've literally been making that <laughs> like multiple times a week. I'm like, I love coconut rice. Like this stuff is so good. So, yeah, just loving food lately. I did go to this place. I think it's called JoJo's Chicken Truck. It's, like, in Portland. We have a lot of, like, food truck pods. And JoJo's has, like, this just, like, amazing chicken. They have, like, I had the Nashville hot chicken sandwich, which honestly was a mistake because it was, like, 100 degrees outside. I got the hot Nashville hot chicken sandwich, and I asked the guy, 
before I ordered just to be sure it wasn't going to be too hot that it like wasn't eatable. Um, it was boring. It was boring too hot. So got the sandwich, was loving the first like five bites. By the sixth bite, I had chugged all of my boba, like no water in sight, like used all of the napkins. The sandwich was just dripping everywhere. It was like so hot. My lips were literally on fire and like so red. And I was like, oh my God, like this is maybe one of the hottest things I've ever eaten. But it was so good. Like it was so good. I definitely want to go back and I want to try their normal version because I'm sure it's delicious. And like they put like coleslaw on the sandwich and then they served it with like homemade ranch and it was like super dill flavored and oh my gosh it was it was amazing but okay anyways that's pretty much a short version of my life catch up um next week's episode y'all is literally the last episode of season one which is crazy we're gonna have a very exciting guest on I'm not gonna tell you who it is um may or may not have foreshadowed their appearance uh, by talking about them in this episode, but it's someone you guys are all very curious about. You ask me all the time about this person, so we will be having them on next week, which will be so fun. Um, we're going to take another break, a little music pump up, and then get into some of the Q&As that I did. Okay, so we are back. I am extremely cozy in my bed. It's like 11.45 at night. And I honestly only record these podcasts like extremely late at night for whatever reason. I just find like comfort and peace and like the quietness of the night. Um, But I want to get into some of these Q&As. Um, so yeah, I'll just, I'll just rattle my rattle them off um okay first one is how is it making friends in a new city Ooh, this is good I have been mentally processing this I honestly have less friends than I'm used to right now which is a really weird thing because at this stage of my life when I moved to LA I had like a ton of friends around me which is so fun um, and I think it may have been because I just worked with a lot of other young people and we were all great friends and then I just like met a ton of people through them. But here I have heard that Portlanders are a little more closed off when you meet them and then like open up over time. But I have developed a couple of really sweet friends. Um, Abby and Kim are like two girls I've been spending a lot of time with and then there's um another group of girls that I know who live like in Newburgh, which is like a couple towns over from me. Um, Corey, Sierra, and Ashton, and they are literally so sweet. I have been going to church with Sierra and Ashton, um, and their boyfriends who I actually know from high school, which is really funny. Um, but literally their whole friend group is just so nice and so down to earth and also like super just adorable and cute and fun and so I you know 
secretly hope that I become closer friends with them. Um, and actually me, Sierra and Ashton had a really good chat last week, just like after we had all gone to this Bible study thing together and we were just talking about like, you know, basically all of the political events that are happening in the world and like where we stand on them. And it was just like one of the most like raw and real conversations that I've had in a long time. And I was just like, these are some nice, like some really good people that I feel like are really similar to me. So I feel like I'm kind of like friend hunting right now. Like I'm trying to find my people. Like I want to find people that I like resonate with and that I could see like sticking around. Like I don't want to just like have a ton of like random friends that are like cool, but like I don't really, you know, see them like adapting into multiple areas of my life. Like, which I think is fine. Like I think it's good to have like friends that you just do certain things with, but I think it is really important to have friends that are, like, versatile. (laughs) So, long story short, I am, I am trying to put myself out there to find those versatile friends, but it's really hard as an adult to make friends. It's, like, where do you meet people? Like, it's just, like, and it's just, like, an awkward process, but I'm working through it, and I'm really happy with the stage of life that I'm in. Like, I'm actually really content with just, like, being by myself more, but also, like, I mean, I still see people a lot of the time. Like, I, you know, go to a lot of events and whatever, too. And, like, have my family here. But, anyways, long story short, I, uh, I'm i making friends. And it's a slower process than I'm used to. But we're getting there. Um, okay. Uh, this, <laughs> the second one is um, my favorite celebrity. I struggle with this question. Um, I've never... Actually, no, I don't. Truly, the Car- I'm just going to say the Kardashians as a whole. We're going to just call them one unit. Because I love them all individually. And I've been obsessed with them since I was young. Um, and it's pretty straightforward. Uh, actually, oh my god, I have a fun story. Once... When I was in New York, I had seen that Dash, if you guys are an OG Kardashian fan, you'll know what Dash is. It was like their old boutique stores. They had one in New York. Dash was having a brunch event. And I was like, oh my God, that's so fun. So I'm literally like a freshman in high school. I email this Dash store in New York and I'm like, oh my God, I'm a huge fan of the show. Like, I, you know, just, like, love the whole, like, woman boss energy. Like, I would love to come to this brunch with my mom and my friend, basically. And they were like, great, you're in, you're on the list. And I was like, what? Like, that was a lot easier than I thought. But I remember saving up, like, hundreds of dollars to buy this dress. And I bought this dress and, like, it is just, like, it was not my style at all. But, like, I wanted it so bad because it was from Dash. And I was like, this is so cute. And just everyone working there, all the Dash dolls were so nice. And then we left and we're like shopping around the city. And literally Kim Kardashian was there like 20 minutes after we left. And I was so pissed. But anyways, I have been a diehard Kardashian fan since I was young. Okay. Um, another question was my... Ooh, okay, this kind of ties to the Kardashians. Favorite shows at the moment. My favorite shows... At the moment, one, I just finished the Kardashians. That was obviously great. Um, 
I also just watched Under the Banner of Heaven. If you guys have been following along at all to the whole like Mormon mom talk situation, that was very interesting. It's basically about these like FLDS, which are like fundamentalist Latter-day Saints, which are aka extremist Mormons, basically. Um, and basically they just like kill, literally kill someone and, and her child and their family because they don't believe that she's like, I don't know, like following their practices. But anyways, it's crazy. It's such a good show. It's on Hulu. Um, I know so many people who are binging it and I literally watched it in like three days. It's so fascinating. That is a great one I recommend. Um, also Stranger Things is, oh my god, Stranger Things comes out on Friday. Oh fuck. Okay, I'm gonna have to watch that. Stranger Things, that was so good. Heike got nightmares from that one though. Um, this season was like pretty aggressive and intense. Like I, yeah, had a harder time watching this season because I don't like scary anythings, but it was still good. Um, I also just finished Dollface recently. It's this show, it's like a total girly show. It has like Brenda Song, Shay Mitchell, um, is Gwyneth Paltrow in it? Maybe I'm making that up. Someone like her. But anyways, it's just like a super girly, like girly, girly show. Um, about like just this group of girls. One of the girls who's like the main character, she just gets out of like a 10-year relationship and basically dropped all of her friends for this dude. And is basically like finding out what it means to be like a girl's girl again. Um, and it's just a really cute show, so I would recommend that. I really loved that. Um, my all-time favorite that I just finished, and I literally shed a tear when I finished, was Younger. I cannot suggest a show more than I can suggest Younger, because it literally is perfect for everyone. I even got, like, Anthony in on watching this, and he is like, this is so funny, but it's, like, totally a girl's show. But, like, so many people could watch it. Like, I just feel like it's, like, super applicable. But it's about this mom who recently gets divorced and she is visiting her friend in Brooklyn and meets this guy in a bar and basically pretends that she's 27 and then basically makes this whole fake life that she's 27 to get a job working for this publishing house because they wouldn't hire her because she was, like, old and hadn't had experience for, like, 20 years and so she's basically like like a boomer mom faking her way through life as a millennial, like learning about millennial lingo and just like dating young people and everything. And it's just like the whole adventures of like a New Jersey suburban mom in like the heart of New York. And it is literally just the cutest show ever. So highly recommend. Okay. Um, curly hair routine. Curly hair routine is a work in process. I think recently I have started loving my hair more and just trying really hard to like take care of her and um I so basically what I do is depending on like when I shower I'll usually shower um at nighttime so when I shower at night I'll shower I wash my hair with the Shea Moisture shampoo and conditioner 
Um, Shea Moisture is like a black owned brand and it's made for people like it's I think it's made for black people or just like people generally with like more textured hair but it's like seriously one of the only products that's actually like worked to like hold my hair um if I don't want to put in a ton of other products like I can just do that and it'll still look good um so I'll do that and then I use a wet brush I never brush my hair dry always wet um brush my hair with a wet brush um which by the way if you're gonna come for me and tell me no you're not supposed to do that Okay, straight-haired girls, you're not supposed to do that. Curly-haired girls are supposed to do that. So, thank you. Um, but yes, brush my hair with a wet brush. And then I'll usually put in a curl cream, same Shea Moisture. It's like the pink. I don't even remember what it's called. But it, there's like a like a pink, an orangey pink label on this specific one that I use. I feel like it's just called like curl enhancing or something. But there's like the curl smoothie is what it's called. It's like their curl cream. So do the shampoo, do the conditioner, brush my hair, put in the curl cream and I like scrunch it like into my hair. Um, and then like if that's the morning and I'm like going out to do stuff, um, I never actually blow dry my hair. I always let it air dry. So I'll put like some gel in it, like a little bit of gel and it just holds the curls. I never used to do this and then I was like, came across like curly hair girl tiktok you know like a year or two ago and they were like no literally put gel in it will change your life it will hold its shape there's no frizz it's not gonna be like crunchy and so I use the big sexy hair it's like a bright blue gel which is like sounds weird but I just use a little bit and it works so perfectly so I do that during the day or if I'm like going to sleep on curly hair I will just like braid my hair wet at night and then put the curl cream in in the morning. So, yeah, that's that. Um, let's see. Okay, where do I see myself in five years? Wow. I've been thinking about this. My bosses are actually really great about like checking in with me to see like what my career goals are like with them and like individually and then just like life goals in general, like what I want to be doing. So I have been thinking about questions like this a lot lately. Um, in five years, I would love to see where this podcast is. Um, who knows? Maybe it stays in a podcast or it molds into something else. But like, I feel like I've really found like a fun niche here doing the podcast and having people like in a similar stage of life to me listening to this, I think is really cool. Um, I see myself being financially stable right now. I'm in the Dave Ramsey courses shout out because I don't know how to manage money. Um, so I'm trying to learn how to do that. Um, I see myself having hopefully a Jeep um, would be so ideal. Um, I see myself engaged, maybe even married in in five years who knows but yeah that would be a cool goal um I see myself as like like a an interior like a senior interior designer or or something like kind of on like a higher level where it's like right now I'm a junior designer but I think that pretty soon I'll be promoted to an interior like a plain and really like a regular interior designer um which would be really awesome um 
And then just, like, from there, just, like, I think another goal of mine would be, like, in the next five years is to do, like, one really awesome boutique hotel, one really amazing, like, architecturally and interiors, like, stunning, like, extremely eccentric home that you've just, like, never seen something like it. And to wrap up Flower Bloom, which is the project I'm designing right now, it's a bakery and plant shop in the heart of Portland and it's like 70s themed. It's like super groovy and I'm just really excited to see that project get done. Like that'll be like the first restaurant I've completed start to finish or I guess like restaurant vibe start to finish. Um, so yeah, I think those are some goals for me. Um, yeah, that's that. Sorry, I was thinking, I was like, what other goals do I have? But I think that's a good amount of goals for five years. Um, let's see, what else? Fashion influences. But lately, I've actually been finding a lot of fashion inspo from, like, actual brands. So, I'd say, like, my favorite ones right now are Dish, which is an Australian brand. And theirs is all, like, super high quality, like, a lot of, like, linen and textures. And then Manere de Bois, which is, like, like UK, like, European, kind of, like, a little bit sexier, but again, like, neutrals. And I feel like just the two of those companies have been, like, my go-to recently, if I'm looking to buy clothes, um, but yeah, just like super simple, like color vibes, like lately is what I've been like drawn towards with like nice gold jewelry, just looking like very elevated and high end because I do work in interior design. So I feel like that's like where I see myself going with my clothing is like more that direction, just like elevated and classy and then also like elevated and sexy for like non-work hours and not necessarily like sexy like over dramatic but just stuff that makes me feel confident that like fits my body nicely and like that I feel really good in you know I actually don't often look to like fashion people a lot for my fashion advice I think lately I've actually been trying to cut a lot of the money that I was spending on clothes because it just feels like things change so often and like my body weight is changing so much too like I'm trying to find clothes that I feel like will have like a like a more of a longevity and like picking pieces that are more timeless some days I'm rocking all black like extreme like matrix vibes Like, I am just, like, head to toe, all black, wearing a trench coat, like, boots, like, don't fuck with me vibe. And other days, I'm, like, in my orange coat, like, have a cute dress on, like, have some fun shoes on. And I just, like, feel like a fairy princess. Like, I really feel like I'm the two extremes. But I have, I did hear on, actually, the What We Said podcast, these girls were talking about um a fashion like a stylist that they follow she was talking about like like choosing three words that fit your style like category and then that way you always know what to pick and like go for when you're buying new things or when you're putting an outfit together like 
what are what are the things that are going to make you feel like extremely confident and like what you're wearing and like just be like excited and like feel like sexy and what you're wearing like even if that means wearing a matching pajama set like I've learned that lately like literally um this girl who I used to know live posted something about like just the power of a matching pajama set and I was like no but literally like good underwear new like clean underwear like switching it out every so often I've been doing that recently like new underwear like good pajamas like get some new bras you know just like feel like very sleek minimal like just like sexy not necessarily sexy but just like just feeling like clean girl like when you're going to bed is like the best feeling like not feeling discombobulated just feeling like okay I have sets I have a routine for myself like I love that um yeah so that's that um Okay, favorite book, I would say is Clarity and Connection by Young Pueblo. I actually just gave this to Anthony to read because I was like, this is so good. Literally, you have to read this. Like, I tell everyone who comes across, like, somehow if we're talking about books, I'm like, I'm sorry, I'm not really a big reader, but this book literally, like, literally has changed my life. Like, just given me a whole new perspective on relationships with like family and friends and like your significant other and like you're with oneself um again it's called clarity and connection by young pueblo and the best part about the book is is it's not full pages so it's almost set up like poems in a way where there's like half pages or even quarter pages or even just like a sentence on a page so i think like as a non i'll just call myself a non-reader Sometimes it's, like, super intimidating to try to just, like, crack open a book and, like, have a go. And this one was, like, really awesome. So, highly recommend. Got some of the best advice of my life from that book. And have reread it a couple of times. Just because I feel like every time I read it, I find something new in there that's that's good and helps my life. Um, okay, what's the most embarrassing music you listen to? lately country music and I know this will be jaw-dropping to most of you guys who know me I used to hate country music and maybe it's just because of memories that I associated with country music not not to say that all my memories with country music were bad but I was like specific people I was like okay you remind me of country music and I do not like that but um lately I've just been like on a country music kick like just like loving like the windows down like the sunroof open like just vibing and like even like last summer I remember just like vibing with my friends to like wholesome country music and I was just like it's just so wholesome and cute so but I don't know I feel like a lot of people hate on country music so I guess that's like more embarrassing um my favorite food is that sorry that's the next question what is your favorite food my favorite food is probably soup um, I have a really hard time telling you guys which one. I do love a good homemade minestrone soup and matzo ball soup, which I make both of those. Very delicious. So feel free to hit me up for that. I also do love blue ices and a good soft pretzel. So those are my like backups. Um, do you want more tattoos? I'm no I don't know. I think so. I I'm not someone who like feels like the rush to get a ton and I've never wanted a lot. I think because my boss at my last job did tattoos for fun, like I just was more prone to get them then. But I would like a few small, dainty, cute tattoos. 
And my brother wants to get a sibling tattoo here soon. So I'll probably, I'll probably do that, but I have to think about what that's going to be. Um, okay. One is how does Portland compare to LA? This is, I love this question. Portland is amazing. Um, LA is cool. LA is overwhelming and gigantic and like just, I think way too overhyped. Like, I think it's just like, yeah, there's really cool pockets of LA and mostly overall the vibe (sighs) is like fantastic. But I think so many of the people that LA like attracts is just like weird and it just doesn't feel super homey. And Portland is like extremely homey. Like everyone is so nice here. So accepting. Like I just feel like like love is like the number one priority for like everyone. Like everyone is just so kind and compassionate. And I just think it's so fun. And like just the food and the bar scene here is just like absolutely incredible. Yeah. I'm loving it. Um... Okay, we'll do like one or two more and then I'm going to sign off for the night because I'm exhausted. But let's see. Um, Day in the life of an interior designer. Okay. Day in the life of an interior designer is very scattered. Um, I think it depends on what type of design you do. Right now, I work, I work at a firm where we do both interior like, I guess what people would consider more like decorating, interior design, and architecture. So we have a design team, a procurement team, and an architecture team. And basically, like, one, like, like standard level interior designer. So, like, myself and, you know, one of the other gals are, like, kind of on that level. And then there's, like, the principal designers who are the owners of the firm, and then there's, like, the architectural designers, and then there's, like, the procurement people, and so it's usually, like, one interior designer, one architectural designer, one principal designer, and then someone from the procurement team all collaborate per project, which is really cool, so we have, like, our teams, and we're each assigned to a project, and they tend to choose, like, okay, who do we feel like is a good fit to work on these projects or who has experience in this area or who's interested in pursuing, you know, maybe more residential or more commercial design. So that's kind of how it was when I started. But day in the life is like, we have a meeting every day. I'm just going to speak day in the life at my current firm. We have a meeting every day in the morning where we get together, like kind of like the nights of the round table. And we like talk about what we're all going to be doing for the day what each project requires, if we need anything from everyone. Um, right now, I will speak to Flower Bloom, which is my baby project. Um, I am doing a lot of the drafting for that one. So that's like working in CAD in 2D, drawing like floor plans in there, and then working with inspiration imagery that communicates the plans that we want to do. And then building up, right now I'm working on building that up in 3D in the as-built of the space. 
So what that means is like I'm taking the 2D plan of the existing building that Flower Bloom is going in and modeling it in 3D. And then once our client signs off on one of the floor plans and we've gone through, you know, like 50 revisions of these guys by now, um, then we'll migrate that file into 3D, which is not just like, oh, click, make it 3D. Like, no, you have to do every single one of those little lines by hand. So I have to like build a whole building basically in 3D. Um, and then at the same time, like I'm working on this project. So I'm like project managing, I guess we call it project owner, but project managing, um, working through like we have like Asana tasks that we have to keep each other updated with and then updating the client, you know, contacting vendors. Um, I have to get quotes for things. So like another project I'm working on is Tipsy Cow which is actually another restaurant. It's a burger joint and alcoholic milkshake place, which is so fun. But right now we're in like the FF&E stage, which means selecting materials that are be going on the floor and the walls and the booth seats and like selecting like what the bar design looks like. Like what's the furniture going in there? Like what are the tabletop finishes? Like what are the lighting fixtures? And that's a really fun one. Like what are the chairs going in the bar. What are the chairs at the booths? What are the chairs at the open tables? And so I have to make all of these decisions and do research, go into showrooms. Um, so there's just a lot. Like there's the technical side and then there's like the fun, designy, creative side. But I feel like the two of them really intermix super well. So that is that is a day in my life as a designer. Um Okay, we'll do this last question. It is um, how to maintain long distance friendships, which is funny. I'll do a subtle plug for the last episode that we did. But I think the long distance friendships thing is just really about like being there for each other, like just popping in here and there for your friends, whether it's like, you know, me and my best friends FaceTime like once a week. Well, one of my close friends groups, we FaceTime once a week. Then the other ones will just like text or call every now and then, but we're all planning a trip to see each other in a month. And so I think it's just a matter of like your relationship with those people, like how you guys can still form like a connection and learn about each other's lives without it getting boring or feeling like you're losing disconnect and I think that like if it is a true friendship like it will never be awkward and it's always gonna just be really amazing and fantastic so just make sure that you're just like I just say reach out like I just am such a big believer in just like just be the person to reach out first you know like someone else is probably thinking the same thing as you so yeah we, me and my friends try all to reach out to each other. I would say pretty equally. Um, and just like pick up the phone and call them or send them a voice message or send them a meme or send them, you know, a cute dress on Instagram that makes you think of them. Like that's how I communicate with a lot of my friends is just like through posts that remind us of each other, you know? So that's kind of a way that I would say like to keep a long distance friendship alive. And then obviously you want to see, go visit each other. Like now and then and that's not always possible but that is a great idea all right well 
that is the last of our questions. We are going to wrap this episode up. Reminder, again, if you didn't listen to the last episode, go ahead and listen. That is with Emily, Bella, and Sierra. And there's a lot of tea, a lot of laughing. It's a really great time. Um, Next week is our final episode for this season, which is so exciting. I feel like I need some confetti or cake or something to celebrate that. But thank you guys so much for listening and being a part of this. We're almost there. Talk to you soon. Bye. Thank you.